When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DPHRO and Rothenberg Podcast. Yep. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Yep. The ESPN New York app. Yep. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN. Got the number one pick in the NHL draft with the men that can't seem to stump. Do something dumb, that's an observation. See our team make them need to run. That's Lord every trash, EMT for short. Wonder if we best once you peep the score. Up at the crack of dawn, top stories of the morning. While you're yawning, grab your coffee, rise and shine with 98.7. This is drop time. We provide highlights from your favorite teams. Got Dave and Rick making plenty of picks. It's rule 76. And here we are. As the man likes when I say, we made it to another Monday. Congratulations to you and to yours. And now, a little bit sad, because now we're down to one more football game. But R.J. Santillo is a happy man. The Niners and the Chiefs once again. I say good morning to Rick DiPietro. Hi, Rick. Oh, hi, David. I'd like to say a couple things to start. A couple the show. things. Go ahead. Okay, the first being this. I want to thank everyone that listens and consumes the show for all their support of RJ yesterday. Uh, we had on Twitter a lot of welfare checks because it wasn't going well for uh, our friend in the first half. Oh, no, it was not. So everyone knows RJ had what, RJ? A bite of pizza yesterday because you were so, so nervous watching that game? Has not eaten. Nervous watching. <laughs> Like, just a ball of emotion, hasn't eaten, so he's starving right now. Makes, almost, no, sen- makes no sense, by the way. None. Almost make, almost make, ate an old apple that was left at the studio over makes, the weekend. Makes zero sense. The game ended. The guy should have gone out for like some kind of a, a whatever he wanted, and to not eat is, is a ridiculous, ridiculous decision to make. But go ahead. Imagine if you were a Lions fan right now. Dave Rothenberg, a Lions fan. Where would you be right now? In a gutter. Yeah. Rawr! But, but, I will say... That the real winners, and I know RJ's going to the Super Bowl, are are us, the people that are on the show, the people that listen to the show, because yesterday was the day that one David Hugh Rothenberg finished last in the picks. That's right, bulbous. Oh yeah. So you'll get to see all my glory. Oh, I can't wait. One of the great days of my life. Oh, good for you. No, no, no one, including all the women in my life, have ever been more excited to see me naked than you. No, I am the most excited. I mean, it's a little bit odd, the excitement level that you have, but congratulations. I, for one, would like to see uh, Dave naked. It's kind of like going to the freak show. Oh, not just me. Everybody wants to see this. When we draw this, when I drew this plan up in my mind. Wait, wait, wait. When you, when you what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> when, when I drew you, this plan. You really are excited, huh? It's Monday when morning. You, when you draw this baby up? I draw it right up. You were who I had in mind. I didn't really want to see RJ naked. I didn't really want to see Ray naked. I wanted to see you naked. All right. Well, you're going you're gonna to get your wish. Thanks to uh, thanks to Lamar Jackson. And Zay Flowers. Thank you, Zay. Thank you. Oh, oh my God. But, uh, I mean, and I, it's so funny. So I tweeted this out after the game. We're going to get to the games. we got Rex Ryan today, of course, the frenzy around the league. But around the league is going to kind of consume the whole show. Not, not too happy with, uh, with this Julius Randle injury either. 
I kind of no. I'm not. I'm not happy that we don't have any results yet either. Right. I don't love that. No, because you figure now you're. I mean, I'm sure he went for all the testing immediately, and to not know anything now. I mean, we're what thirty something hours later is a little bit concerning. Um. Well, I'm, I'm sure they know. I mean, the second you get out of the well, MRI, then, uh, yeah. Too, but do you figure if it was nothing, they would tell you? No. Uh they would probably tell you. I would imagine that he's probably. I mean, going to seek a second opinion at the very least. That's what you should do. I don't know, man. If we lose him, with how well the season is going, be just terrible. Beat Miami, ugh. Be terrible. If he listen, if he misses ten games, fine. You know, whatever. But if he's going to miss a lot of time, if he's going to miss the rest of the season, uh, that's it. You're done. Uh yeah. You're done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you replace that. I mean, well, you don't. You make I mean, a move, you know, listen, I, I love him. I think a lot of people are frustrated by what he does, but he's uh, he's a very good player. Oh, uh, you love more when he's gone. I can tell you that. No, I, I think. Listen, he's he's a good player. He adds he's, a ton to this team. I hate when you say that. What? It's so disrespectful to say he's a good player. Why is it disrespectful to say someone's a good player? Because he's an All NBA player. That's better than good. I don't think he's, he's an All Star and an All NBA player. I don't think he's a great player. Ugh. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's a, he's a very good player. I don't understand well, at least why say very good. Well, say very good at least then. I just said very good. Santiago I, I, agrees with me. He thinks you're being very disrespectful. Okay. Well, he can have his opinion. I also think that Lamar Jackson will never win a Super Bowl. Is that very disrespectful? Um. Well, no. He hasn't. He hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. I mean, in big games, Lamar Jackson does not get it done at all. Oh, on third down, he didn't get it done either yesterday. He was bad yesterday. Hey, dude, it's it's funny, though, man. It's just like watching this Kansas City Chiefs team play the last couple weeks. I mean, it's, there's something to be said about just knowing how to win. Uh, you're not wrong. And, I, and I'll tell you what, the Ravens, they made it feel like that game was too big for them yesterday. Well, I mean, it's a lot of these moments. And you hear Bill Belichick talk about it all the time. Actually, he was saying it to Milo yesterday. like trying to give Bill like a Belichick dad. was? No, I was, as oh. Bill Belichick, like trying to give a teaching moment because we had uh, – we had the old 7.30 puck drop in New Jersey yesterday. It was great. Um, what time you got to wake up for the 7.30? Uh, I was a 5 a.m.er. Yep. Yep, 5 nice. a.m.er. We had a 5 a.m. on Saturday. Good for you. Yeah, get yourself ready. Yep. Um, I was just saying, like, in, in, in games, especially, you know, games that are going to be tight, two evenly matched teams, you know, these were the top two scoring defenses in the NFL, is a lot of these games are lost, not won. And he's like, well, what does that mean, Dad? I was like, well, it's, I mean, there's a certain level of poise that you have to have in these games where you can't afford to make mistakes. Like yep. self-inflicted wounds in games like this are going to cost you. And you saw the penalty stuff. I mean, you had the, the Zay Flowers, you know, fumble. You had Lamar trying to force it into triple coverage, that interception. Right. It was just like the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is always in the AFC Championship game. There's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is playing in his fourth fourth Super Bowl. It's amazing. It, it, by and the Travis way, I, Kelsey I, is one of the great Great tight ends of all time. Uh, you know what the amazing thing about Kelsey is? I mean, Rasheed Rice is, is good, right? He's he's a, maybe maybe even very good. But you don't look at their receivers and say, oh, my God, they're terrifying. You would figure that teams would somehow be able to slow down Travis Kelsey, and they can't. It's one of the great mysteries in football to me. Um, Yeah, well, I think it just it speaks to why to his greatness. Right? Yeah. No, I, I, think I mean, right. it's like you saw some of it too. And Kyle Hamilton was Kyle Hamilton. He's that game amazing, was amazing. But like, it's just he knows, like his ability to think the game is special. He sees it like Mahomes sees it. Like if it's zone, he finds the sweet spot in the zone. If it's man, no, he's gonna get leverage and run away from the coverage. You saw it on the touchdown, which was a, I mean, which was a perfect, perfect throw, low outside. The only place that Kelsey could catch it, he holds onto it. And this is not the same Travis Kelsey we saw during the regular season. 
Like this is the, this is the Travis Kelsey that we're accustomed to seeing throughout his career. Like he he wasn't this good during the regular season, and he's right. been well. Awesome. I think that's I think that's why people were so kind of soured and picking the Bills and picking the uh, the Ravens because this was not the Chiefs team that we've seen. This the, I wonder if it's fair to say, and, and maybe it's not. I don't know what you think. I wonder if the Chiefs get a little bit bored with the regular season at this point. I think there's probably something we said about that. It was kind of like the conversation we were having at the end of the week about the Knicks, right? Like how the Knicks play at this level during the regular season, and can they find a new one because they play every regular season game so hard? It's like teams have the ability, like the Kansas City Chiefs, that once you get to the postseason, they can bring, they can step it up a level. Defense has been great all season. Defense was really good again in this game. Yep. I, dude, you got to give Spags credit, man. That coaching staff, but Spags, he's what he's able to do defensively. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten another chance as a head coach, by the way. They pressured the hell out of him. Uh, I think, what was it, under pressure? I had the stat. I think he completed 41% of his pass, uh, passes when he was blitzed, uh, Lamar. And they blitzed him 41% of his, his dropbacks. He felt, at least the way I watched it, uncomfortable almost the entire game. Yeah, and you can start to see the frustration. And this is like This was a new... This was different for this team. Like, this team isn't used to not having the kind of success. And I don't know why they didn't run the ball. That was awful. I, I mean, their their game plan coming in to that game was awful. I mean, Todd Munkin, and that was the thing. I mean, Todd Munkin was new, right? He was going to get the most out of Lamar. And, you know, in the biggest moment, they they did they just did not. They didn't run the ball. I, I think I saw that. I think Warren Sharp. Uh, oh, I got it right here. They ran the ball like three times. In I forget what like what, I have it right here. What what is it? Go ahead. Oh, in the entire game, the Ravens had three early down running back yeah. runs. Three, they gained three. seventeen yards, but they only had dude. They only had six. They only had six uh, carries from their running backs. That's ridiculous. Against and I think the Chiefs are what twenty eighth against the run. Yeah, I mean that that would be the thing that you would try to attack with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, you would figure. And it's not like you didn't have success when you I mean, you didn't run it a lot certainly, but you had some success. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's how you got there. I mean, we're going to spend how much time, the, how long on the show today talking about Dan Campbell, you know, and how this is how this is how I've coached the entire season. Well, this is how, I mean, there's a certain way that Baltimore plays. They played, and they're here in the AFC Championship game, and for some reason, they got away from it. It was almost like uh, what happened with Tampa, right, in that last game against the, the Lions. Tampa did such a good job in their first playoff game, putting tons of pressure, and then all of a sudden, it, it, when they, they played the Lions, it's like, well, we're the... Where'd the pressure go? Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where the pressure goes. That, that Lions offensive line is amazing. That Lions offense, period. It, it, yeah, that Lions offense. I mean, they they ripped through the, the Niners defense in that first half. I, and they went away from the running game, too. Uh, yeah. And I don't know why they did that either. Dude, it's a big moment, man. That would be the one thing I would say, too, about the Lions game and just Dan Campbell in general. It's like, you, you also got to understand, like, this is how we coach, and I get it, but, like, understand the moment, too. Like, the moment might not be too big for you. Like, you can function in this kind of moment. This is the NFC Championship game or the AFC Championship game. Like, you got to remember your players, though, too. Like, are they, can the players handle the moment? If all of a sudden the momentum starts to turn, can they handle it? And it was clear the Lions could not, could not handle it. I, I know this is – I don't even know what people are going to think today. To me, Dan Campbell was – he was awful in that game yesterday. Awful. I mean, you you had a chance at a, a, a imminently makeable field goal. What was it? It would have been like forty two yards to go back up seventeen, more than midway through quarter number three. Take the momentum back, kick it away, have them start at the twenty five, and you decided to go for it. Then you go for it again. And by the way, and, and I know that things change. You can't say this is exactly how it would play out, but you left six points on the table and you lost by three. 
Yeah, they decided to go for it on the uh, the Niners Niners thirty. So that's what a forty-seven yard field goal. Yeah, but Badgley's good. Yeah, right. But I mean, if you listen to the post game, which I did, Kyle Shanahan actually said that going in at the half, they felt like it should have been more than seventeen points because that's how it looked. That's what the number said. It should have been more than seventeen points. So they were happy it was only seventeen points. And the other thing he said is that we came out in the in the second half and we had to settle for a field goal. Like, they settled. Like, hey, it was great that we scored the three points, but we had to settle all they of a sudden. They settle for, for a field goal. Right. So now you come back, like, and, and have the ability to put, and you put yourself it? Right. back up three scores. Yeah. Because you already had the momentum. That's part of coaching, too, man. I mean, it, it's you can feel it as a player. You've got to be able to manage the momentum. And all of a sudden, that that stop, that drop, I mean, they had some pressure. I get it. Goff st- stepped up, and throw wasn't perfect, but still one that Josh Reynolds should catch. They don't. All of a sudden, now defense starts feeling good about themselves. Offense is back on the field, and then you had that Gibbs fumble, Ugh. which which was huge. The, the the drop by Reynolds, right? Two well, of them. I mean, he had the he had the two drops. I mean, that's the thing. the The first time, the first fourth down, should they should have completed that? That was that was a good throw. It was a bad drop. Probably cost them at least. I mean, who knows if they would have even ever kicked a field goal? But it certainly cost them points. You would figure. And then the the next time, I think what was it? It was a tie game. Right, tied at twenty four. No, they, they were down. They were down. No, I don't three. think so. Yeah, they were down three. It was to tie it up. No, I don't think so. I'm telling you, it I'm was. That you was uh, they no. were down twenty seven, twenty four. No. RJ, please explain Mm-mm. to him that they were down twenty seven, twenty four, twenty four, and he dropped to third and ten. Oh no, no, you're talking about the drop. Yeah. I thought you meant the field goal. Yeah, drop was third and ten. Yeah, third, yeah. third and ten, twenty four, twenty four, horrendous drop. Yeah, that was a three and out. So they just scored the touchdown after the right. Gibbs fumble. They go three and out on that drop. Would have been a first down, and then boom, back down field goal. And then they're up 27-24, and now he decides to go for it again, and they don't get it. Yeah. No, I, I listen, I thought Lamar Jackson was a big loser yesterday. I thought the Ravens were a big loser yesterday. I thought that Dan Campbell – see, at least there was no pressure on them going into the game. But I think once you go up by 17 points at the half, the expectation is you're going to win. And I thought Dan Campbell I – thought, I thought he really failed yesterday in that game. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll tell you another one. We talked about this before the show. Another sneaky big play in that game, because if they scored a touchdown at the end of the half, that game was probably, it was just going to be too much. Yep. I mean, they go, up, they go up 24 there. It's probably over. Is the, uh, and it was for, I get it. He doesn't get the ball much. Well, they would have gone up 21, right? Uh, excuse me. Yeah, 20 up there, 14. Yeah. Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah, because they kicked the, the field goal. Right. Correct. Uh, Fersker stepping out of bounds at the at the one and a half there. Well, Arjun said it was his first catch of the entire season. Right. It's like he but didn't know it, what to it, do when he got the ball. It looked like he had no idea what to do. Like he, you know, it's like a, it would be like a child in a Pop Warner game. It's like you catch it, and the parents are on the side, like now run, now go. Yeah, like stop, stay in bounds. Now get to the end zone. And he's like, oop, oh, right, here we go. I mean, there was no one near him. All he had to do was turn around and and get his way into the end zone. And now it's a twenty-one point deficit. But who know? Who knows? I I thought the way, and I know what's going to happen. I guarantee you, Rex is going to come on the show today and be like, "That's what he did all season. That's what he does." And I don't blame him at all for that. But I do. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I don't care if it's it's what you've done all season. I understand that, and that's fine. And your team is bought into that, but there are certain times. I mean, you have to make you have to make decisions as players. We always want to go for it, but in that spot, you have a chance to go up three scores. You've already had. I mean, it's you're also playing. Like you also got to understand too that you're playing the clock and the time as well, right? You match their field goal with your own field goal. It's seventeen. It's two. It's right. three scores, and you've right. already had. You have eight minutes into the third. I've already peeled off the clock in the third quarter. I mean, the Chiefs didn't score a point in the second half, right? Uh Chiefs did not know. 
uh, but they didn't need to because they played the clock, they played the they played the the score, and they 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 were able to grind it out and get the victory. And I I, I don't know, man. I thought Dan Campbell. I thought that was awful. I thought what he did last night was awful. And I I think he's a great story. I think he's amazingly likable. I thought in that moment he was brutally bad. You know what it reminded me of? It, it actually, and I almost texted you guys this. It was almost like a, his like tin cup moment. When like it's Roy McAvoy, this is what I do. Give me the three wood. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you need. Give me the three wood. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't always have it doesn't always have to be okay. We have a fourth down. I'm going for it. Like there's different situations, and you're right. in a situation. You go up 17 points, 17 points, more than midway through the third quarter, and you decide to go for it. Now he's got to catch the ball, but he didn't. No, he didn't, and that's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to kick the field goal either. But still, like I mean, you got to play. You're just you're playing the score, the time, the situation. Like all those things have to be taken into account. Right. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere. Dave. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. Woohoo! Over here! Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. RJ, how you feeling? Congratulations to you. It's a great day, Dave. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank everyone that made this possible. The Niners, Dan Campbell. My heart goes out to you, Lions fans, in a way that... Dave, you were right. You said it's a great story. I love the story, especially the ending. It's really good. Well, you're, uh, you, we don't usually get this version of RJ. He's he's salty and 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 mocking. I mean, it's kind of different today with him. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I have no ill will against the Lions. It's not like How the Packers. Could you? Yeah, I mean, well, it's not like the Packers where I enjoy knocking them out every single or every other year. Um, Dan Campbell is. Someone that has always coached, like I used to play video games. <laughs> but in doing that, you got a sense. I said this to you guys before the show, and a lot of people watching probably thought it. 
once they didn't kick the field goal, I that was irrelevant to me. I was just excited that they whether the drive continued or not. That was kind of the, the which ter- one are you talk about the first one, the first one uh-huh. where you, I, it, for me. It wasn't going to decide if the Niners came back. It was going to decide if, if the Niners lost the game. Because if you give up a first down there, it just kind of says something about, okay, the second half, just like we saw in the first half. You get a stop there, and that is, that's one of those moments. Like if you're watching the, you know, the recap of the game, you're like, oh. And I think everyone knew it, right? I'm not, I'm not saying anything that, that you guys didn't realize also. But just the fact that he gave them a chance, that's all they needed. Uh, he gave him a chance, and I, I thought he was really kind of a large portion of the problem why why the Lions lost that game. I thought he was bad. I, uh, like I said before the show, do you guys you know, like you think it's right? Like he's he's dangerous. Like he coaches in such, and and I'm not opposed to being aggressive. He goes above and beyond aggressive. He to me is dangerous in these big spots. Well, I think there's a line, right? I think there's a line between being aggressive and being reckless. And I think like I mean the the Dallas Cowboys decision. Right, I mean, once they they keeps going for it, yeah, we know you got screwed. But I mean, at that point, it's and then you take the penalty. Right. It's like okay, just right. take, take the extra take point. Take the extra point, and then you have the momentum and, and figure out a way to win this game now. Right, like I think he, I think he got reckless yesterday because I think to RJ's point, I think that that the Niners were looking for a reason to believe, and after settling for a field goal, it's like okay, you know, we had to settle for a field goal. I'm not sure this is enough. If Detroit goes down, matches their field goal. You're not really good. Like that's okay. We're back to square one. Where it's seventeen. It's three scores. You know, we're we're more than halfway through the third quarter, and Detroit still has the momentum. All of a sudden, now you get to stop. Right now, okay. Now, now there's reason to believe. Now we get some momentum. Boom! Touchdown. Gibbs fumble. Now the whole. Now you can't stop it. Now there was no stopping it. And you got to be able to manage that as a coach. Because I'm telling you, having been, like having played, like you can feel it as a player. You can feel it change. And I know hockey's different, but for us, it was always like once you get it, how long can you keep it? And once the other team has it, how quickly can you stop it? Because you can feel it, and that's a big part of it's a big part of sports. And Detroit was not able to to stop it. I want to get to the calls. You know what else I thought was a horrendous play call? Horrendous. Which game? Tell me which game. The in the Lions, uh, the Lions Niners game. Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The end of the game when they ran in a third down. Yeah. Yeah. What What are you doing? You have three timeouts. No, oh, you couldn't afford to waste the timeout. Is what right. what it was. Right. Right. Exactly. You had three timeouts. So if you get even if you kick a field goal there, you you kick the ball deep. You it, it, this is in a perfect world. You stop them three and out. You use your timeouts and you get the ball back with you know I, I don't know. I mean at least some time to run the ball on third down. I mean, it's a, it's an unbelievable call to me because now you had to take the timeout, and really now, if you don't recover the onside kick, the game is over. Yeah, well, I mean, you're extending the game also. If you don't score, if I mean, if if Jamison Williams doesn't make that catch in the back of the end zone, the right? Game's well, over. listen, I think you should have kicked the field goal, but if you throw it and you're incomplete and you kick the field goal and you kick it deep, your defense could make a stop. Even even right. if you decide, even if you decide to do an onside kick, you go onside kick. Niners recover it. You have three timeouts. They can't run out the clock. You get the ball with what? 40 seconds, 35 seconds left? Like, at least you have a chance. He was going to score a touchdown. Hell or high water, he was getting his touchdown there. Well, that, going for it didn't bother me as much as running the ball on third down because now you're using a timeout. If you did intend to run the ball, why not run it on fourth down? Where if you get stopped, game's over, and if you score, 
you know, you, you put the points on the board. I don't know. I just thought there well, were so running many third, bad decisions for him in the second half. I agree with you, but I think running it on third down was the was the hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to score a touchdown here. We're not settling for a field goal. Yeah, but if he doesn't get in, now now you ruin any chance to get the ball back unless you recover an onside kick. Exactly. I'm with you, man. I thought yeah. it was a bad decision too, but yeah. I think I mean in moments like this, I just think that for players, for coaches, for everybody, I mean in in these kind of moments, I mean some guys. Some guys can handle the moment, and some guys can't. I'll tell you what, though. San Francisco got to figure their defense out ASAP. They don't the get any, I mean, outside of like one or two times, they don't get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, they started in the second half. It was better, but still. I mean, they gave up almost, five, almost 442 yards they gave up in that game. Yeah, bad. All right. We got to get to these calls because, they're, they're, I mean, every phone line is lit up, and let's get to them. 1-800-919-3776. Justin and Tom's River. Lead us off, Justin. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, guys, thank you for taking my phone call as always. You know, you guys made a lot of great points. You know, Dan Campbell cost the Lions a chance to play in the Super Bowl yesterday, Dave. And, and, uh, Rick, you brought up a lot of good points, too. You know, when it was 24-10 and him going for a fourth down was absolutely reckless at that point in time in the game. The second one, okay, if he wants to go for it. But, you know, like you said, there's being aggressive and there's being reckless. And most coaches in in that situation are too conservative. That was downright reckless at that point. And he has to understand the situation of the game and for this franchise. This franchise has been a tortured franchise. When they don't convert that fourth down, you totally gave the, the Niners a spark, and it totally absolutely changed the outcome in that game early on. And when it got to one score, you saw the Lions fell flat on their face, and you knew as a tortured franchise that it was going to spiral out of control and they were going to lose the game at that point. And that was a terrible coaching job and not realizing the situation by Dan Campbell at that point in time. I mean, we both agree with you, and thanks for the call. I, I, I think, you know, I, I don't I don't look at it and say they've never been, so you have to coach differently. I, I just think that you have to look at it and say we can go up 17 points and have taken off eight minutes of the clock. That, that to me, is the avenue you have to go down. Right, and I also think, though, too, like I think there's the, the mental aspect of sports is so important, and in a moment like this, you're on the road. It's the NFC Championship game. You're playing a team that is expected to win. I mean, what are they, what are the game close at? Seven? Going uh, to that game, there was seven. Out of a seven or seven and a half, yeah. So you're a touchdown dog on the road. You're playing great football. The last thing you want to have happen is have any creep doubt, any doubt creep into the minds of your players. Like, I would say the same thing, like, as far as the Lions being able to take the ball right down the field and score a touchdown. Like, what that does for your psyche, what that does for your confidence. Like, because you don't know going in how this thing's, like, how, how you're going to respond, how your team's going to respond. And all of a sudden, boom! Right down the field, you score a touchdown. What that does for your confidence? Oh, okay, yeah, this is gonna. We can play in this. We can play against this team, right? Or like, or like Kansas City against the best defense in football, marching down the field, first two possessions and scoring touchdown. What's that touchdowns? What that does for you, and what that does to the other team? Like that defense isn't used to this. I think that was the first time that defense has let up back to back touchdown drives in the first two possessions since twenty twenty one. And they're like, whoa! And they were whoa. easy. And this was, is this is different. Every third down, every fourth down. I mean, the the, the how about how about that play? The for, the first fourth down where he's rolling right and he hits Kelsey was just gorgeous. With that di- with the diving catch he made, or you thought that was the third down? Well, I think no, no, no. It was it was a I, all across the middle. Yeah, the one I, I he the it one was he like fifteen yards down. down yes. the field. the fourth down where he I I thought he was going to be sacked and then he threw kind of like a duck up and Kelsey made that great catch. Like my God. That that team is unbelievable. The Chiefs. I here's the thing, you can never doubt the Chiefs again. You ju- you just can't. No, I didn't. I took the Chiefs actually. No, no, but I'm saying like 
not you specifically? Why does it always have to go back to you? Well, because I think another big thing to come out of this weekend is talking about one of the biggest turnarounds in the history of sports, really, after what happened last season. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean? I went on a streak of why it was one and oh, seventeen you, in the picks. You, I thought you, I, see, I, I thought we were talking about football. You, I didn't realize you changed the narrative here. So now you're talking about your comeback. Did you win the whole thing? Um, I, I, I could. Yeah, I mean, I got a game lead going into the Super Bowl. So, you, so Raymond has to pick differently than you. Uh well, I control the board too, actually. So that fourth down play to Jamison Williams changed everything to you. It was everything? Wow, Raymond, were you upset by this? I am a little bit upset. I'm not going to lie to you. I am. A, you guys take this too this, seriously. No, I'm not. Not that it's taken too seriously. But if you remember, this is exactly what happened last year with me and RJ. Exactly the same situation. We're going into the Super Bowl. I'm literally a game back. I have to pick the opposite of whatever he picks. All right. Let, let's do this. Let's break. We'll come back. We'll get to all your calls. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We got all the the normal trimmings of a football Monday. Uh, this is also a sad day. Because football is really dead now, which sucks. But positive for RJ. And we're here to support <laughs> our friend who forgot to put food nourishment in his mouth after the game. It's DPH on Rothenberg with you, 98.7 ESPN. This new year, it's time to finally lose that weight the safe and natural way with NJ Diet. Their results are nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and without any of those nasty side effects. With NJ Diet, you're going to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, contractually guaranteed. NJ Diet uses your hair and saliva along with bioenergetic scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements to get your body into the fat burning zone. That NJ Diet uses your DNA info to make sure you keep the weight off. Don't take shots for the rest of your life. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, naturally, quick and safely with NJ Diet. No hormones, no prepackaged foods, no shots. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. Call 855-5NJ-DIET. That's 855-5NJ-DIET. Or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. That's njdiet.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. Looking for more access to the show? Why? Because you know why. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DR on ESPN. Good morning, Rex. How are you? Oh, how do you think I am, man? Absolutely. upset. Yeah, absolutely. Brutal, man. I mean, crazy. So so let's ask. We've we've talked about it a lot. You probably didn't hear our take on it. We want your take before we even get into it. Dan Campbell yesterday for the Lions with the Lions. What's your take on what he did? Well, I mean, it, it's funny because I know he's going to get absolutely killed. Um, but I thought, you know, right before half, that's the only decision you can make. You don't want to go in. You have to kick the field goal there. 
you go up 17, you can't afford not to score there and give the Niners momentum. We saw what momentum does, right? As soon as they got a little success, we saw what momentum can do. So you, you go in at halftime, you're you're up by 17. Uh, I mean, the, the, the 100% the right decision. Now, after that, the fourth down deal. His thinking is this, that if we convert, this game's over. That basically we're going to try to trade their field goal for a touchdown, and the game literally is over at that point. You're up 21, the game would be over. However, I would have kicked it. And the reason I would have kicked it is I'd stay with my lead at 17, and I would have taken 10 minutes off the clock. Basically, by the time that the Niners possessed the football to get their field goal, and then the way we possessed it, or Detroit possessed it. That's why you take it. But I also understand Campbell's thinking. I literally understand his thinking. He went for the knockout punch. Unfortunately, their kid drops a ball. Um, and then the last time uh, when he goes for it, uh, just so everybody understands, Detroit, it's not a given they're going to make that field goal, by the way. It's not a given. A- absolutely not a given. All right? Um, you know, so, a- again, at that point, this is what he's done all year. He stayed true to himself. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you're going to question. I-, I know what I would have done in that situation, but – I also know what Campbell's done throughout his coaching tenure with Detroit. And, you know, I guess he was the only one that stayed consistent <laughs> because the rest of their team, I mean, how the hell you drop Josh Reynolds, you're there because you can catch the football, all right? And he has two enormous drops. The fourth down drop was absolutely critical, but the third down drop was even worse. It hit him right in the chest. And it would have kept a drive going after they had the fumble. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know. And Detroit, here's the crazy thing. If you take third and fourth down, all season long, they've never had a a game where they've dropped two two balls on third and fourth down, and they had one receiver do it at the biggest moment. Yeah, I think think they were what? When they scored first, which they did right down the field, they scored yesterday. I think they were 12-1 this season when they scored first like that. But, um Rex, what else did you see? I mean, the, the talk's going to be about the fourth downs and him going for it. Yeah. I always think, I, I listen, I think there's a fine line between being aggressive and being a little reckless, and I think he kind of stepped over to that reckless side a little bit for all the well, things that you mentioned. Yeah, reckless was, was Brandon Staley, where you go, go yeah. for it in your own territory. I think, you know, I get it. Most teams in the league actually go for it now uh, on those fourth and short things. They, they, they literally go for it, uh, percentages and all that. I think it was pretty much the same. Um, but to me, I would have taken the lead. I always like the lead. Of course, I always have confidence that my defense is actually going to show up and stop somebody. Um, so I, I always take points. Rex, what do you? But I got to tell you though that there was that was an ass whipping up until that point. Yeah, right. Detroit dominated. They had an unbelievable game plan. Absolutely dominated. And by the way. You know, uh, Kansas City, everybody's praising, man, they did it without their Pro Bowl guard. Well, how about doing it without two starting guards? That's what Detroit was was out there with, without their two starting guards. And they were bludgeoning that team. And unfortunately for them, they could never get back in a rhythm in the second half. Obviously, the fumble by Gibbs was atrocious. He had, he had fumbled once all season. He goes on the wrong side of it, so that's a mental bust. 
at, at, at that stage. And, you know, and San Francisco, oh, yeah, we forced fumble. No, you didn't. Detroit gave you that. They gifted you that. They have a ball that everybody's praying, oh, you know, look at this proper. No, he throws an interception. That ball needs to be intercepted. Instead, it goes for a day, you know, completion off the face mask. Anything that could go wrong did go wrong. And by the time you turned around, the game was tied and momentum had 100% flipped. And and Detroit's got nobody to blame but themselves. And it, it just, it was awful because for, for a, a city and a team that's starving for it, it was right there in your grasp. I got to tell you, Rex, too, and I, I said this to Dave, I thought a, a sneaky big play, too, as you mentioned at the end of that first half, and I know it was, I think it was Fersker's first catch of the season, but him stepping out of bounds at the one and a half, not scoring that touchdown there, yeah, it looked like kind of he caught the ball. I was like, oh, now what do I do? And he ends up stepping out of bounds. But I want to ask you this, because this is for RJ. We spent all this time talking about Detroit. So RJ, who produces the show, he's a big uh, big Niners fan. What did you like? is there – Defense last couple of weeks has not been good. I mean, you mentioned the ass whooping that Detroit was putting on him, but I mean, is it can this be fixed in time for the Super Bowl or no? No, this defense is is not good. And I can tell you this: if I'm watching TV and can tell you the exact coverage they're in, that's not a good thing. <laughs> so if I can see it as a fan watching it on, you know, obviously a educated fan, but watching it on the TV copy, I don't even get to see all twenty two. Every like Detroit knew exactly what they were in, except one time in the entire game. They knew, oh, here's man coverage. Oh, here's quarters. That's what they live in. Oh, here's cover three. They knew exactly what that team was in. And that I'm just telling you, with one exception on that fourth down play when they actually showed man and actually played zone. Oh, wow. Big, you know, big deal. You don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to know what the hell they're in and carve them up, you got another thing coming. That team that team does not – I mean, they they got absolutely whipped by Detroit. All right? And now, look, Kansas City's not going to – you know, they're not as physical as Detroit. So it's going to be a better game. All right? But it's uh, – I mean, they were gifted. Man, they can, they can show up to that Super Bowl. And, man, they're, they're you know, man, good for us. Boy, we forced turnover. We got to – uh, you know, turn the ball over on down. No, you didn't. They dropped the ball. They gifted you that thing. So uh, San Fran can feel great about going, but I don't think it's – I mean, I'll take Kansas City in this one. Um, but uh, it, it's just a I, – I can tell you this. Um, Patrick Mahomes, when he knows exactly what you're in, that's not a good thing. Rex Ryan with us here, ninety eight seventy ESPN. So, so Rex, we could talk to you all day. I'd love to, but I know you got other duties. So I want to switch to the other game. I mean, Baltimore this year was so good all season, so disciplined, so well coached, didn't make mistakes, didn't turn the ball over, turned the other team over. What, what what happened to the Ravens yesterday? You saw none of what got them here. Yeah, they got totally out coached. Uh, they let Kansas City dictate the the style of play. All right, the the Ravens led the NFL in rushing attempts. They ran it six times with their tailbacks. Six carries. And and it's not like, you know, here, here, how about this? This is a great plan. All right. Uh, do you have Patrick Mahomes or do you have Lamar Jackson? Uh, 82% of the time they drop back. Like, it, it, Spagnola's got to be like, oh, this is, they're, doing, they're doing everything we want them to do. Be one-dimensional. Get away from what you do best, which is run the football. And have a guy back here that the best thing he does is use his legs, 
and all of a sudden he thinks he's free, you know Tom Brady back there. Like it was Spagnuolo's got to be just laughing his butt off, you know. And uh, with all that being said, they still should have won the game. They could have still won the game, you know. Zay Flowers fumbles going in, but uh, you know Lamar throws it into a team meeting. Like nice job, nice job. And that's why I hate the MVP. Everybody crowned them after after they uh, they beat the Niners. All right, because uh, Purdy had a terrible game. No, Purdy had to go against Baltimore's defense. All right, if Lamar had to go against that defense, he'd, he'd get destroyed. He'd never even get a vote. And so it, it, it's funny, but two times this guy's won the MVP. All right, and that's that's more of a reflection of their defense than it is him. All right, and to me, to me, it's like, what do they got? One win in those two MVPs? They got one playoff win. Like you know. It's it's crazy, but I don't know why Lamar decided I've got to throw the ball. The best thing you do is run. You don't have to apologize for it. What the hell are you doing? You know, you had opportunities to take off with it, and decide. And instead, he's deciding, well, I'm going to wait and fire it down the field. I don't know why. Man, be be you. You're one of the most gifted athletes at the position that we've ever seen in the NFL. You don't need to apologize for it. Go be you. And, and the fact that whole football team offensively uh, decided that they were going to be somebody they're not. And uh, unfortunately for them, it was a disaster. So, Rex, why, though? I mean, I would that, ask you a question. Why? Question. Well, and as the head coach, at what point do you step in? Oh, I'd stepped in right from jump. Like, we're, we're surprised. They, they, you know, Spag's sitting back. Of course he's going to blitz. Why they kept telling everybody. He's going to change the five-man rushes, and then he's going to blitz. Then he's going to zero blitz this dude. Why? Because you don't want him to use his legs to beat you. All right? Simple as that. All right? Make him try to throw it to beat you. Well, good luck. All right? Then he becomes just a guy. But he's the most dynamic athlete at the position when you let him and you go too high, which I see bozos like like Miami play him in or whatever. Like, what what the hell are we doing? So, uh, but, yeah, no, Absolutely. Like, you let them dictate just based, I, I don't know why, maybe because you're getting man cover. Who cares? Run the ball. Look at Detroit yesterday, third and 18, run the ball, first down. Why? They had little guys on the field. All right, Spag's putting all these little guys on the field, and they never ran the ball, not one time. He had to just be like, oh, this is, uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and Spagnola does a great job, man. I mean, amazing job. He's one of the, one of the top coordinators in big games in, uh, in the history of this game. All right, he ain't there with Belichick or, or my dad, but he's up there. Like he does a great a great job, but he literally had to be like, he had to be smiling. Like he, I probably like these dudes ain't even running. Like what are we doing here? I I I, I don't get it, man. I mean, the Baltimore gifted that game to Kansas City, and by the way, Patrick Mahomes, oh, oh, he really is something, isn't he? Oh my God, and he Travis really Kelsey, like this is the best game Travis Kelsey played by far all season. And it looked like the old Travis, like he was getting separation. And, you know, Baltimore, all they do is play zone, so I get it. But, you know, occasionally they mix in a little man, but very little. And it, it was like, damn, you know, Travis looks fast. You know, so, uh, you know, kudos to, to, to them, and they're moving on. Where this was clearly the year to beat Kansas City, I don't think anybody's doing it. It, do, it doesn't seem like it. Rex Ryan with us here, 9870 ESPN. I, I said this earlier, and Rick's like, yeah, you know, maybe. I think you're a good person to ask. Do, do you think – maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Do you think maybe Kansas City gets bored with the regular season? Because, Rex, I watched them this season, and it, it was like, this is not a 
uh, you know, forget about championship team. They didn't look like a very good team for half the games I watched them. And then you get to the playoffs, beat up on Miami, you know, play a really good game against Buffalo, dominate Baltimore. It's just like, are they bored by the regular season a little bit? I, I mean, maybe. I mean, it, it is funny because, you know, they've had like new players come in and it takes them a little bit, uh, you know, to get in the groove. But here is a team that was so penalized, especially that right tackle. Oh, my God. You know, he had one penalty in this game, a holding call. The right the right guard got called for two holding calls. One was a BS call. All right, that's it. I can't remember another penalty on that team. You know what I mean? So it was like they play when when they need to, they can be as disciplined as they need to be and, and as focused as they need to be. So that's a real credit to Andy Reid and his staff. But, yeah, maybe. And it, it's, it reminds me of, like, some of these great basketball teams that kind of just kind of float through the regular season. We're going to get in, and then when we get in, we'll turn it up on you. And it's it's kind of what it looks like. All right, Rex, last one for me uh, before we let you go. I can't wait to see you on TV. Is Are you surprised at all? I know we had the old uh, Mike. You thought Mike McCarthy shouldn't lose his job, which he didn't. He's going to be the coach this year. But are you surprised that Belichick, Carroll, and Vrabel might end up going through this coaching cycle without jobs? No. I mean, uh, certainly not. Um, and I'll tell you why. First off, Pete Carroll 73 years old. All right, give me a break. Like it's 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 done. It's time to go. You know, out the pasture, so to speak. Belichick's a younger seventy seventy one or whatever. Um, but look, it, it's it's got to take a certain team that thinks they're maybe just a little like this guy can't get us over the hump. This guy may. It's a short term view. But any team that's taking a long term view, it's about the present and the future. Well, what is it with a 71-year-old man? And let's face it, without Tom Brady, this guy's been, you know, well, he's 27 and, or 29 and 37 when Brady went to Tampa. All right, so since that. And then overall record was like like 80, 83 and 104 in, in his whole career without Tom Brady. So we, we, gotta, we know how great he was with Brady, but we also have to look at the overall stuff. And that's why, to me, yeah, is he the greatest of all time? Yeah, he's going to go that way. But I'm going to tell you, it makes a hell of a difference when you had Tom Brady with you. And it's, I think people are, are recognizing it. The thing with Vrabel, Vrabel is a guy that um, has had a lot of lot of issues with, with people and, like, general managers, people, stuff like that, ownership. That's the thing I heard about Vrabel. If that's true, then he, he may never work again. Wow. Interesting stuff. Rex, you leave us on a cliffhanger. Let, let's do this again next week. We'll kind of preview the Super Bowl, and uh, we enjoy all your, your takes and analysis and, and you, and we'll talk to you next Monday. Yeah, I tell you what, man, I'm so bummed. Hopefully <laughs> I'll be able to get over it. But, uh, yeah, this is a devastating loss because our family could have done something that no family's done in the history of the NFL. That would have had three-generation coaches coaching the Super Bowl. So I guess we'll have to wait. All right. Well, listen, hang in there. Keep your head held high, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, good stuff. That, of course, Rex Ryan. He, he's, he's bummed about the Lions uh, collapse yesterday. Oh, how could he not be? I mean, how would you not be? I mean, you just heard what he said. Got a chance to make history. I mean, he wants only the best for his son. Of course. That was 17-point lead at half, oh. and they gagged it away. They they really did, didn't they? Uh, he, they did. Even Rex, in his in his like kind of massaging way, thought that, that – um, Dan Campbell messed up yesterday. Well, you can explain why you did it. Doesn't mean it's right. That's not right. Like, and you heard how many times did he mention momentum and how important that is? Like, you gave him life. I mean, they were, listen, 
like to hear Kyle Shanahan after the game only cemented it for me. He's like, we had to settle. Use the word settle. We settled for a field goal. Like it wasn't like all of a sudden they we marched on the field, scored a touchdown. Now all of a sudden this reignites us and we're back. No, they settled for a touchdown, a uh, field goal, excuse me. And then the Lions took the ball right back down. Could have kicked the field goal to make it seventeen again. Chose not to. Drops the ball. And now, okay, here we go. And that Gibbs fumble was was everything. That Gibbs fumble was huge. And I mean that that Reynolds drop on the third and ten with a tie game was was brutal. Well, that's a three and out. Like that's a, right. that's an opportunity to kind and of slow things and down. The, and not only that, I mean, he catches the ball. He was in space. I mean, he gets to midfield. Now you're like, all right, you know, we're right there. We're right there to get in position to to to, to not kick a field goal again. Oh, by the way, too, wasn't RJ? Was that wasn't that? I think it was that possession where it was a three and out, and then they punted, and it was actually a a monster. Was that the possession or no? When they stepped into the end zone, yeah, where they had a chance to down it like the two yard line, and the guy stepped into the end zone Ugh, with it. These guys are they they get you nuts. Didn't, didn't the ball, like, it bounced at the two? I think it was this one. It might have been the Ravens game. I can't even remember at this point. Bounced up into the air. Yes, that was this. It was a bond. It was a 70. It was all, a they, 70. All, they had to do, all they had to do was kind of tap it in. And, of course, see all his momentum running, catches it into the end zone, touchback. Yeah, I think it, so I'm reading, the, I'm reading it right now. It was a 74-yard punt. It, it actually a, bounced straight up in the air, and he got it. And he bomb of the end a zone. punt. But no. doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Because RJ's yeah, headed to Vegas, baby. Headed to Vegas. Um, we got to go around the league. We will in a moment. ESPN New York Superbox Bonanza 5. Now, this year, each qualifier is going to take home a $25 Fanatics gift card and have a chance at one of 10 Superboxes with prizes, including a big screen TV, Nintendo Switch, MetaQuest, and so much more. Just be caller number. Ooh, let's be caller number... RJ, you pick what number you want, RJ. Oh, it's your wow. day. He might not be paying attention to you, though. I'm paying a great deal of attention. I don't know. I mean, you got so many things to do. You got Rex Ryan to say goodbye to. You got callers to screen. You know what? We never do this. Dave, you pick. Oh. You so always you, do the read. You never get to actually pick. So he, he handed fl- it to flipped you. it around on you. And you, th- you, this is like a flea flicker. Well, I, th- I think it's risky because I answer the phones and I don't want to get myself in legal trouble. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. It, you, you might say. You really going with the number that high? But just just placate me for a moment, okay? Don't make me regret this, please. I don't think I don't think you will. How big did the lead get for Detroit? Seventeen. Caller number seventeen. Wow. Is that within reason? I can do that. Okay. Right now, eight 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 nine eight seven ESPN to select the box of the big game with a chance to win five hundred bucks in quarters one and three, thousand dollars at halftime, and a final score pad of two thousand dollars. All brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish. Whiskey. How about... I got to tell you. Yeah? I was going to say 17 myself, but I was afraid RJ would get mad at me, so that's why I passed the buck. So you passed it to him, he passed it to me, and I went with 17, but I don't think he's angry at that. No, I think he did a good job of explaining to it, yeah, explaining it to him, and I think he's he's fine doing the 17. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, Kate did like 199 last week. He did 200. He got to 200 right. last week. Like, could you imagine if the, if the Niners fell down 200 points yesterday? <laughs> If the, let's just be happy the Niners won because there's a real chance, RJ, he didn't eat, that he doesn't show up for work today. Raymond, he doesn't show up for work today. You, you're you angered by him or I, you, well, you first, pick up the slack and say, you know what, I'm here for him? Well, I, I'll pick up the slack, but first first things first, I'm panicked. I'm, worry, I'm worried about him immensely if he doesn't show up. Then, then we go from there. You can hear him screening the call in the background. Poor guy. 
Well, but what do you mean, poor guy? The guy's team is going to the Super Bowl. But, but he's like running like on pure adrenaline and nothing else. It's not, at some, honestly, at some it's point, a, it's going to run it. out. Stop it. Stop it. The guy, I mean, your team threw up on themselves. Absolutely. This guy's, this guy's team, four plays in, had nothing. My team loses the opener 40 nothing, and the season's over in like week three. We're going to say poor guy to RJ, whose team is going to the Super Bowl? I just want him to be healthy and happy. I, 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 don't, I don't want like adverse effects from the, the high that he's on right now. So you think he's going to crash? I, I, I'm concerned about that. So you think he needs like methadone or something? Is what no, that's, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, no, I mean, you're concerned there's going to be a big crash and maybe some kind of withdrawal. And he, need, he, I, needs, he needs to go into a clinic or something. I don't think like he that. needs meth. No, no, no not, not meth. Methadone is, is what, what, is that what, like, keeps you from, from craving the meth? I'm not quite sure about that, actually. Rick, you, you, you could know, be right. You seem to know the drug you game. Could be right. well, isn't that, isn't that? I don't. Why would I seem to know the drug game? I have no idea what you're talking about. Methadone is like, that's where they go to the clinics to clean up from the meth. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to the clinic. I've never done meth or crystal meth or any of that stuff. No? No. Yes, it's the medication used to treat yeah. opioid use disorder. Yeah. Okay. The more you know. So you see what I do? I teach you people. Thank you. You're very, you're very, very welcome. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere. Dave. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. Woohoo! Over here! Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the Knicks are beating up on everybody they play. They hammer Denver. They're beating up on Miami. They look great. You got Brunson, you got Randall, and then Randall gets hurt. Now we don't know. And now, and now everyone's worried, and rightfully so. Well, he dislocated his shoulder, so yeah, everyone's worried. Right, but a dislocation of the shoulder could be that you miss, you know, a week or ten days, or it could mean you miss the rest of the season, depending on the on the damage to it. Severity, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, everything's going exactly how you would want it to go as, as a Knicks fan, probably. Right. I mean, Phil, better. Phil is losing games. You're two games out of the three spot, right? Two losses. Like, you're, everything is happening in your favor. Everything is happening. Addition of OG, all of it, you name it. Excited for the deadline, Ray's birthday, all of it, and now... We're kind of just sitting here on pins and needles as to how long our, I mean, our second best player, all right. NBA player, is out. Right, and and I mean, we have to, misery, dilly dilly. We have to find out today, right? I would imagine so. At some point, yeah. How bad it is? I'm I'm very concerned about this because uh, even though I don't love him and find flaws in his game, he's a huge piece to this team. And if you don't have him, your chances go right out the window. Huge piece. It's it's twenty four nine and five. That, what, what more do you want me to say? I said a huge piece to this team. Well, because you always have to say it's he's not your cup of tea. Yeah, what he's not does, my cup of tea. All right. So what happens? So say he's not. Say he misses a minimal time. Well, that doesn't matter how long he misses. Back to the playoffs, and he balls out in the playoffs. Can we now? Can we now be all in or no? Yeah. Okay. I I'd like to see him play well in big moments. All right. You understand that you do need to get to the playoffs, though. I am I sitting here telling you I think he's a big loss. If I, if I sat here and said, ah, you lost him, but it's really no big deal, I think you could take me to task. I've said nothing that's that's not within reason, though. Oh, yeah, but you said good. Oh, my God. Which is uh, very so, disrespectful. So had I said very good, you wouldn't be sitting here with this, right? Hey, you, listen, you hate Julius Randle. You can say I don't it. hate it's a, him. It's a safe space. I, I, do, you, do you believe that I'm, I'm on an island here, that I'm the only person who finds him to be a frustrating player? No, I think frustrating is different than like not acknowledging the fact that he's better than a good player he's a, he's a very good player he's a very good player 
and 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 even more so, he's an integral piece to what you're trying to do now. And to not have him for a week or ten days or two weeks or a month, fine, I can deal with that. If you're not going to have him long term, any chances you have of going on any kind of postseason run go right out the window. Right. Well, I mean, this offense, and we talked about how you know, with RJ being gone, right? Like how how this has benefited not them just defensively, but what the offenses look like, right? How it's benefited Jalen and how it's benefited Julius. The offense goes through. I mean, it starts with with Jalen, and then the second option being Julius Randle. How do you how do you make up for what you lose with him? Uh, I don't know you, that you can. I mean, you would have been better equipped to make up for the points you lost from him when you had RJ and quickly, right? You know, now to to be where you are and to have kind of transformed the team into what it was, he becomes a a bigger piece of your offensive game plan. And we, just, I mean, we spent how much time talking about how like it, the reason why this is working so well for the Knicks is that each person kind of fits perfectly into the role that they're being asked to, to fill. Yes, like you know what I mean. Like this is this is what we need you to do, and guys have accepted those roles and have played great in them. Listen, it, it, and it, now it, you're gonna it, have to ask someone to kind of step out and do right. something that I, they're I probably think, not. Accustomed I think to doing. OGs are gonna need to score more. I think. I think you know. I, I Hart, Hart DiVincenzo, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know that Hartenstein's going to. I, yeah, I think, I think DiVincenzo is going to become a bigger offensive factor. And Josh Hart, <laughs> which I just said, yeah, I, agree. I didn't say Hart, yeah, but I think you thought I said Hartenstein. No, Josh Hart. No, I was saying that I don't think Hartenstein's oh. going to be a guy that can pick up the slack offensively. Oh yeah, and, I, you know, I and, don't think you'll ask him to either. Anyway, and, and you know what's going to happen here now too is you're going to ask more of Jalen Brunson. Yeah, which is great. Who, by the way, is awesome. Who, awesome. I'm yeah, sorry. Can, he's can he he's get, having a better season than Damian Lillard. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Can he? Can he become a superstar? Well, I guess my question to you would be: Who's a superstar? Like how many how many superstars are there in the NBA? Because I think we throw the word around, and I, I don't think there's as many as a lot of people think there are. Well, I mean, Joel Embiid, superstar. Yep. Jason Tatum, superstar. Yeah. I would say that... Like, I don't look at Jalen Brown as a superstar. Giannis. Superstar. Dame. Jimmy Butler in the playoffs turns himself into a superstar. Luka. Yep. Ja when he's on the court. Booker. Booker, yeah. KD. Kawhi. Mm -hmm. Steph. Anthony Edwards is kind of like on the cusp. I mean, if you're going to put Anthony Edwards... SGA. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, guess, I think the answer to the question is yes. I guess best case scenario, he's at the back end of the superstar list. I think the I think the answer to the question is probably yeah, he can turn himself into that. But I think it's a lot of that's going to be consistency one, and then on top of that, what he what he's able to do for the team in the postseason. Well, last year he was great. No, I know he was great. And he lost in six games to Miami. Right, like superstars are asked to do like to take their team to. I don't know what more, and I specifically remember the game six. I mean, you would have been run out of the building if he wasn't doing what he was doing. I don't know what more he could have done. I, I understand that, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying to be to be put on the same level as the rest of the superstars at a certain point, you're going to be asked to get to, I don't know, an Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, we'll right. see. I mean, that's, that, that's, well, that's the expectation for superstars. Still out with whether he's a superstar or not, if this is your definition of it. Well, no, I'm just asking, can he turn himself into one? I think, I mean, the way he's I don't know. trending, I think probably. Well, you know, this man has been on hold for hours and hours and hours. 
and he wants to talk Knicks, and he wants to talk Randall. Carl in Queens. Good morning, Carl. You're on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> I told RJ I'm listening anyways. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I'm um, sorry to do that, but you, you understand that we're so NFL-centric, and that was really Yeah, awesome. yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, I'm here for it. That Rex interview was great, by the way. I love that, man. I would, uh, If I was Woody Johnson, he'd be my second phone call this offseason, the first one being uh, Bill Belichick. But, uh, Rick, to answer your question, uh, he could, uh, Brunson can definitely be a superstar. I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think Brunson on his own can bring a team to the playoffs? To the playoffs? What, what do you mean on, on his yeah. own? What, is, what does that mean exactly? Like him, him being the number one and no big-time number two. I'm trying to think of an example, but, yeah. Uh, I, maybe. I, don't I think know. you're going to need help, though. I mean, that's, I think that's unfair. I think you're going to need help. No, but my point being is that I think he could get the team to to a first round exit right by himself being the main man, and I think we'll be you know hopefully Julius isn't out for too long, but I, I think we'll be fine during this period. Um, but I just wanted to point out after the Miami game that was the only team that I was truly worried about in the standings below us. And guys, we're so much better than them in a best of seven. We're probably I don't know. I'm not, five I'm not, and four. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Thanks. No. Tomorrow. Call Carl and, and appreciate you holding on for so long. We do. I'm not doing that. I'm not. You know what? Patrick Mahomes, too. Patrick Mahomes looked very, you know, very average at, at points this season. And the Chiefs were not great. Then you get to the postseason. and It's just different. I'm not doing that here in January. I'm not. No, I'm not either. I'm pretty sure we're better than them last year in the regular season, too. And it didn't I mean, matter. This idea that we're so much better than them. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not doing it. No, but it, but it's why it's so important to get to the playoffs as much as possible because it's different. So the, 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 the more accustomed you get to be to, to play in that environment and what it takes to win in under those circumstances, the better off you're going to be because it's going to get naturally, you get more accustomed to it. The moment's not going to feel big because you're always there and you can just play how you would normally play. That's the most important. That's the, that's the hardest thing to do, but it's the most important thing to do. It's why, like, when you read Patrick Mahomes' numbers in the postseason, it reminded me of, like, when you look at Derek Jeter's postseason numbers. There's no right. difference. His regular right. season numbers are his postseason numbers because he is able to just make it. It's just a game for him. It's not. Right. It's, there's nothing bigger to he it. Just it's just he's going to go and play. It, it, nothing is too big for him. Totally agree. So they got to get to that point. But Miami's, uh, Miami's done that. Miami in the postseason is different. Yeah, but I'm certainly not, you know, dancing on the grave of Miami in, in January. No, no. way. Thanks for listening to the DPHRO and Rothenberg podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York, the ESPN New York app, or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN.